What is your mindset for what you're supposed to do going into game six now? Be better, you know, as as a whole collective group. You know, we, we, we all know, like I said earlier, what's at stake and what's on the line. So, you know, everybody's going to have to give a little bit more because what we've done hasn't been enough. This is BetQL Daily from BetQL. Now, it hasn't been quite enough yet. Bucks up now in this series 3-2 after a dramatic Game 5 victory. Welcome back. Beck QL Daily. Joe Giglio, Chris Rangia today for Joe O. And joining us now to talk NBA Finals is our Odyssey NBA insider, Ryan McDonough. Insider calls presented by Beck QL. Get access to the data and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the Beck QL app or visit BeckQL.com today. Ryan just heard uh, Devin Booker there as we came back. Somehow the team has to be better, and it just hasn't been quite enough. But I know before the series, we talked about the Suns being an advantage and the favorites, and they played like it the first two games. How, how surprised are you, Ryan, at how the Bucks have not just come back in the series, but that really game five, it felt like they they took charge in the series late. Yeah, good morning, guys. Always great to be on with you. And game five was the nightmare scenario for Phoenix uh, for a couple reasons. One, they were at home, so they're still in control of the series with uh, three chances to win two games, two of which uh, would have been at, at Phoenix if it went seven games. Um, and then it was the first game all series that Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday all played well at the same time. Uh, and Phoenix, I, I thought, actually, you know, it's, it's surprising uh, to say for a team that gave up 123 points in game five. Um, if you look at the shot charts, guys, if you look at the advanced numbers, um, you know, Phoenix defense wasn't as bad as the box score would indicate. Milwaukee just made a bunch of tough shots, especially Middleton and Holiday. So, um, you know, you know that after subpar performances in game three in Milwaukee, it was Devin Booker in game four in Milwaukee was Chris Paul. And then uh, finally, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario again for the Suns was having all three of Milwaukee stars firing at all cylinders. Uh, the pressure is squarely on Phoenix tonight in game six in Milwaukee. And keep in mind, the Bucks have only lost one game at Fiserv Forum this entire playoff. So the Suns certainly have their work cut out for them tonight. Turnovers are obviously a problem in this series for Phoenix when they don't do well. Um, the Bucks have scored a lot of points off turnovers. They're winning in that battle. Is it is it as simple as that? If Phoenix limits the turnovers or limits the amount of points they give up off the turnover, then maybe this series turns? Well, it could, uh, but it's easier said than done. You know, against this Milwaukee team, uh, they have the best defensive rating in the playoffs. They've had that throughout the playoffs. And keep in mind, they played some pretty darn good offensive teams. Uh, going back to the, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they got a little bit of a break with the Atlanta Hawks uh, with the injury to uh, Trey Young. But then uh, Phoenix is, uh, you know, has a lot of offensive firepower as well. Um, and one th the interesting thing about the turnovers, guys, is I look at uh, total turnovers from Game 5, uh, Milwaukee actually at 12 to Phoenix is nine. Uh, but I, I think, you know, about five or maybe six of Milwaukee's turnovers were in the first nine minutes of the game. Remember, they came out, they looked uh, flustered on the road. The crowd was going nuts in Phoenix. The Suns were up 32-16. And then, um, you know, I, I think to some extent, Phoenix took their foot off the gas. Uh, one thing that I imagine, Monty Williams has done an excellent job throughout uh, the playoffs and throughout the season, really, um, is subbing eight and out of the game with Giannis still in the game. If you remember, uh, Phoenix was down, excuse me, Phoenix was up 32-16, and then uh, Aiton came out. Uh, the Bucks went for a quick duck in to, to Giannis, 
he got fouled, I think, uh, but by Torrey Craig and Cam Johnson. He kind of wedged in between and got an and one, and Milwaukee started digging out of that hole. So uh, that, that's one adjustment I expect to see tonight. I, I think or hope Aiton will play every single second that uh, Giannis is on the floor. I think that's Phoenix's best chance uh, to win the game tonight. But, again, the Suns have their work cut out for them because uh, Milwaukee has found different ways to win the last three games. And, again, the, the, the scary part about it was uh, in game five, it seemed like the Bucks figured something out uh, as far as a way to get all three of their stars going at the same time. Yeah, and, Ryan, it feels like as this series moves along, the, um, the ability for Drew Holiday to play defense on Chris Paul and fluster him, which is not something we often see. Chris Paul seems frustrated in some moments here. Well, I don't know if it's the physicality of Drew Holiday, the smarts Drew Holiday. Um, what are you seeing when you watch that matchup? Because as the series started, Chris Paul overwhelming favorite to win the MVP of this series. Now that's Giannis. But this is kind of a subplot of this matchup that I don't think we saw coming where Drew Holiday could almost neutralize or take Chris Paul out of his element at the point guard position. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, One of the things I want your listeners to watch for tonight is the pickup point defensively with Drew Holiday. And what I mean by pickup point is where he starts guarding Chris Paul. It it seems to me like he's extended his pressure as as the playoffs have gone on or as the series has gone on, where he's picking Paul up deeper and deeper in the backcourt. There was an excellent excellent article on, um, I think, by Yaya Dubin on 538 uh, the other day about that, where uh, basically Holiday extends his pressure into the backcourt um, it seems like a subtle thing, but that takes energy and effort to get the ball up and get the offense initiated against an elite defender. And then think of it from a you know mathematical perspective, guys. Uh, if the ball gets into the front court slower, you get into your offense slower. Uh, th- th- those are fewer passes. Those are fewer ball reversals that Phoenix has uh, to try to stretch and wear out Milwaukee's defense. Uh, it's just harder to run good offense. So. I think that's something Holiday has done. It seems like, uh, to some extent, he has worn down Chris Paul. Uh, keep in mind, Paul was brilliant in Game 6 against the L.A. Clippers when the Suns closed out the Western Conference Finals. He was terrific in Game 1 of this series. Uh, he hasn't been nearly as good since then, and I think the biggest reason for that is Drew Holiday. Do you think injuries have anything to do with it? Because we, we, I mean, we've seen him nursing his hand, so I, I know this is really just speculation at this point, but does, do you get the feeling that maybe he's a little more banged up than we realize? I think so. I, I wouldn't be surprised if when this series is over, which will be at some point later this week, maybe maybe tomorrow, uh, depending on how the game goes, it, it comes out that he has a more significant injury than Phoenix uh, let on. And um, you know, keep in mind, guys, uh, at the end of game one, I don't know if you remember the post-game interview uh, with Malika Andrews, that the Suns trainer in that game was working on Paul. He had an assistant trainer or a ball boy or somebody hold up a towel. It looked like they were trying to disguise what he was doing to Paul's hand. And then Paul, after the game, when asked about it by Malika Andrews, he said, uh, I'm fine, nothing there, no big deal. And it was a very flat, unemotional uh, answer, like, like, don't ask me about that, move on, uh, which leads me to believe there may be something uh, more significantly wrong with his hand or his fingers. And, um, you know, I, I think to some extent maybe that is impacting uh, his ball control in particular. That's where I've noticed um, the most slippage from Chris Paul. Against Denver, guys, he was historic in the second round as far as, um, you know, I think his assist-to-turnover ratio was like 10 to 1. As as you guys know, he's had great command and control of the ball throughout his career. There's a reason he's called the point guard. But um, 
point God, excuse me. Uh, but, but you know, in this series, other than game five, uh, he's been looser with the ball. His turnover numbers have been high, and that's something I'm, I'm really have my eye on tonight because uh, he, he did have 11 assists and only one turnover in game five in Phoenix. But uh, the two games in Milwaukee, games three and four, were high turnover games for Paul. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching him tonight to see if the Bucks can uh, speed him up a little bit and, and get Paul rattled. And if they get turnovers and, and get out in transition at home, I think that really bodes well for Milwaukee to win tonight's game six. Joining us, Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Game six tonight, NBA Finals. The Bucks try to close it out at home and, and, and win the championship. If the Suns win, obviously we have a game seven coming up back in Phoenix. Ryan, the play, you know, in game five to seal the game, the alley-oop, the, you know, Giannis running the floor, boom, the slam and the foul, and um, that game was cemented there. And then you go back to game four, the block by Giannis on the play where he kind of almost baited the Suns into trying the alley-oop, and then he uh, was able to swat it away in an incredible defensive play. When this series is over, if we assume now the Bucks are going to win, which play is going to stand out more to you and, and, and kind of will be remembered as, as the play where Giannis really changed the series? Game five, the slam to, to seal a win, or game four, the defensive play? Yeah, for me, it's clearly game five, uh, because here, here's why. In game four, Phoenix uh, was down two, and there was over a minute left. So, so that would have tied the game. It would have been, uh, you know, if, if that lob from Booker to Aiton went through and Aiton dunked the ball before Giannis got there, it's still a tie game with over a minute left. Anything can happen. Uh, late in game five, it's a one-point game. Uh, Phoenix had come back from a double-digit deficit in the second half. Uh, they have you know, one of the great offensive players in the league, a guy who had 40 points in two consecutive finals games, and Devin Booker with the ball in his hands and a live dribble. Uh, keep in mind, guys, Milwaukee's in the, in, in the penalty as well, so if they foul Booker, uh, you're, you're putting a 90-plus free-throw shooter at the line with, with two shots to uh, put Phoenix ahead and potentially win the game. Um, so w- w- with those stakes for Drew Holiday to have the, the cojones to uh, leave Chris Paul, who's obviously a very good offensive player, uh, to double Booker uh, and, and also go for the steal. Again, keep in mind the downside if he fouls and puts Booker on the line. And then when he comes up with a loose ball in transition, uh, not to pull it out and get fouled, which I feel like 99% of NBA players would have done, uh, to continue to push the tempo, throw a very risky lob pass uh, to Giannis. Now, he had a great lob target, guys, but uh, think of the downside there. I mean, if that, that pass goes out of bounds, it's Phoenix ball coming back down one again with the same situation and a chance to win the game. If it uh, hits the backboard of the rim and ricochets out, then you have a live transition opportunity for Chris Paul and the Suns going the other way with a chance to win the game. So uh, Holiday's play, I, I know Giannis gets the, the credit, and deservedly so. Uh, it was a fantastic finish, but uh, for me, the, the determining play in the finals, if Milwaukee wins tonight and closes it out, will be Drew Holiday, uh, the steal and the lob at the end of game five regarding Giannis and it's amazing that anybody even says this or thinks it but it it is kind of the reality that a two-time MVP already still had more room to grow and there were things that he could do to get better do you think that he has finally realized what his ceiling is or is there more in the tank there for him uh, the scary thing for other NBA teams, the other 29 teams, guys, I, I do think he has room, more room for growth um, because the shooting is not fully unlocked yet. You, you know, he's, he's made some mid-rangers uh, throughout the playoffs uh, this year. 
Um, but he's only shooting 18% from the three-point line. He's shooting 55% from the free-throw line. So um, there's room for growth there. I mean, obviously, it's never going to be a strength of his game. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's ever even league average in those categories. But if he can get closer to league average, which, uh, you know, from the three-point line is in the mid-30s, uh, from the free-throw line, that's in the upper 70s, um, you know, he'll be unstoppable. And I bring it up, guys, because uh, his career arc in a lot of ways reminded me of LeBron James. A lot of people don't remember this now, especially – your younger listeners, but uh, LeBron, when he was in Cleveland the first time, really struggled. I was in the Celtics front office at that time, and LeBron uh, was even more athletic than he is now, but really struggled with his jump shot. And in Boston, we felt like if we could wall off the paint, keep him up, uh, away from the rim in the restricted area, we'd have a chance to beat him. Uh, it's not easy because of his greatness. But um, then when he went to Miami, he, he refined his shot. He tweaked it. Uh, he became a, a, a good, not, not just an average, an above-average three-point shooter. And then it was over, and he was unguardable. So uh, that, that's what I think the, the future is for Giannis. If he can become a guy that teams have to respect him out to the three-point line, then there'll be no way to guard him. Because think of this, guys. He's even bigger and longer than LeBron is. So if you have to guard him at the three-point line, then, I mean, shoot, if he's averaging 35 points a game in these finals or whatever, he might average. 45 if he has a three-point shot. Ryan, I think a lot of the conversation earlier in the series was, hey, maybe the Suns are here to stay. They could win this title. They're up 2-0. Booker's young, eight and young. We've, we discussed it, how that team is, is built to last, and they still are, and they, they have a bright future. But what about the other side of this? The, the Bucks. some people might look at this as a one-off because it was a weird year, injuries, but their best three players are signed long-term. Giannis is not going anywhere for a few years. Middleton signed long-term. Drew Holiday signed long-term. Do you think the Bucks could parlay what they're doing right now and, and kind of be back here in, in years to come? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason they couldn't. Um, their best players, as you mentioned, Giannis is 26 years old. Um, Chris Middleton is 29 years old. And Drew Holiday is 31. Uh, those guys are all you know, under contract for a while. Um, and and yeah, the other thing, that, you know, frankly speaking, that gives them advantage is they are in the Eastern Conference and, and the road to the finals, the path to the finals. Uh, well, it's never easy in either conference. It's certainly been easier over the last couple decades to come out of the East than it is to come out of the West. So I think the team's set up very well. Um, I think that continuity they now have with, with Holiday having played a full season. If you remember, guys, back in December and January, they got off to a little bit of a rocky start. They weren't exactly setting records out of the gate. In fact, the last two years, um, the starts they got off to in the regular season were a lot better than this season, but uh, they seem to have figured it out. And again, that, that's the concern from on the Phoenix sideline that, um, you know, Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis are all playing well at the same time. And uh, I don't see any reason that with their contracts and with their age and health that those guys couldn't stay together and be one of the best teams in the league for the next three to five years. What would have to happen and how realistic is it that Paul could be back with his team next year? That Chris Paul could be back for the Phoenix Suns? Is that what yes. you're asking? Yeah. Um, well, I, it's, it, it's a good question because it gets very expensive. And uh, th th this is how you know, things change so quickly in the playoffs, guys. And, and I don't think this is the right way to look at it. But uh, a week ago, I, I think the sentiment around you know, Suns fans and um, the organization is, well, let's, let's give them whatever it takes. Let's pay them. Of course, we're up 2-0 in the finals. Looks like we're going to cruise to a championship. Um, that still may be the case. But he does have a $44.2 million player option, guys. And uh, the, the real dilemma for Phoenix is it seems like he's going to opt out of that and then how much money and how many years are you willing to give him again keep in mind he's 36 years old uh, he's still playing at an extremely high level um, but but he's not playing at least the last four or five games uh, he's not playing at the level he did in, in games uh, six of the Western Conference Finals and game one of this series uh, so are there mitigating factors like the hand injury that we're discussing or is, is this some of the age and wear and tear coming in uh, so I, I think they'll re-sign him I think they should re-sign him um, you know so for me a, a 
number north, excuse me, south of 44 million on a longer term deal, uh, somewhere in the 30 plus million dollar range a year for three years uh, makes sense. I, I wonder if Paul would be okay with that, but I think that's what it's going to take for Phoenix. And my guess is they still do it, just given that I don't know what they do without them. Cameron Payne's also uh, a free agent this summer. Um, so, but, but it's going to get expensive and it's a little bit risky. Anytime you talk about paying a player at Paul's age, 36 years old, that kind of money over a number of years come forward. Risky, but he's a tremendous player. What a story in the series tonight, game six, Bucks four and a half point favorites. That was Ryan McDonough. He, of course, our Odyssey NBA Insider. Insider Call is presented by BetQL. BetQL here to help us make all better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Lightning Bets next.